Hello. I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything to drink this morning because I took my medicine late this morning. Uh, I have to take thyroid medication every morning, and I have I can't drink or eat anything for an hour after I take it. So, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I've with, got coffee with my with my fist here. Cheers. <laughs> Fist bumps. Fist bumps. Fist bump. Yeah. Fist bump Monday. Fist or bump what Wednesday. is Wednesday? <laughs> Wednesday. Oh my god. My days are very, very confused currently. Yeah. Oh, Tim's here. Steve is here. Good morning, gang. How's everybody doing? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Quick update. I don't know how many people are actually watching yet. So, um, if people ask later on, I'll I'll recap maybe again at the end just so that we don't derail the subject. But um, last week I was a wreck, obviously, um, stressed out, frustrated, you know, dealing with all of the money and all of the stuff and all of the things. And, um, I have, uh, with Zara's help, with my wife's help, with j just, you know, generally trying to figure things out. My path forward for now is, um... I'm actually going to stop making YouTube videos for a little while um, because that is a huge stress. Like making a video every week is, is, is a lot of work. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to continue to live stream on YouTube. So Mondays I'll do the um, edit. <laughs> and um, I might even, you know, do another stream later in the week at a different time. And then instead of making videos like because i have topics i have videos planned out basically till the end of the year that i was wanted to make was planning to make um i was thinking about just doing those as live streams instead um so instead of sitting down and recording a whole video and doing all of that work which is a tremendous amount of work just sit down and do a live stream on the topic and just leave that and let it be what it is um so that's kind of like youtube um, as far as like the business and financial stuff, one of the things I need to do is work on um, using my email list better. So that's a thing that um, we didn't talk about as part of this, but it's a thing that I've been working on in general anyway, and I'm trying to use that better to, um, to make money there. I don't want it to just be an email list where I'm constantly just spamming people to buy stuff because nobody likes those kinds of lists. So I have to figure out a way to use that um, the way, you know, a way that I'm comfortable with, a way that's profitable and, and so on and so forth. And then we talked about me shooting senior portraits and trying to do some of that. I did one a couple of weeks back for a friend, um, did a favor because uh, they're in a bit of a situation and, uh, you know, it was fine. I didn't mind shooting it at all. Obviously not the thing that I like to shoot, so to speak. But I think it's probably a fairly easy market for me to go after here and make some money on. Uh, so I'm going to give that a try as well. And, and just as a comment on that, because yeah. I like interrupting you. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, when they go into photography or whatever creative field, they think that, like, they are always going to be doing what mm -hmm. they love. Yeah. And honestly, you only do what you like. So in this case, shooting about 10%. And out of that, it's maybe like 1% of the time that you're actually shooting things that you really love. Mm -hmm. 
not saying you hate it, but like, right. you know, you are going to photograph things. Like if you want to make it a business and you want to make it a successful business, you are going to photograph things that you don't necessarily really love to photograph or they don't, you know, give you the warm and fuzzies. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's always a decision that needs to be made. And if, you know, for the last, whatever, eight, nine years, the thing that I was doing was all of this YouTube and education stuff. Um, and it's been okay, but like we talked about last week, it hasn't turned into what I wanted it and need it to be. Right. It's just, you know, it's, it's just, it just, it just hasn't. So um, I'm going to try, I'll try something else and see what happens. And I'm not giving up on the education. I still want to do things like go to ClickCon and WPPI, and I want to try to do some in-person workshops. Um, you know, Zara and I are talking about that with a, another friend. And um, my friend, local friend here, Noel, um, also said last week, you know, uh, talked about us doing workshops. So things like that I want to do. And like I said, I'm still going to stream on YouTube. Um, but... Yeah, I need to do something different. And worst case scenario, none of this works, and I get a I get a job, and you know whatever. But that's kind of where I'm at. And emotionally, I'm in a much better place, although I'm still emotional about it. But um, well, and a lot of things contribute to that, right? Like mm-hmm. one, it's it's almost like it's an end of an era. Right. Two, it's the relief that you have made a final decision and the fact that like now you can kind of move on because that's hard yeah like even if it's a relief it's still emotional you've been it's been your baby for six seven years eight nine years is yeah yeah which is a long time and now that's like a whole shift in what your days consist of like how your life is gonna look and Mm -hmm. whether it's you know two three years from now you're still gonna be you know going back to creating those videos or not Mm -hmm. for right now it is a huge shift but in order for us to grow and change and keep building like there has to be change like yeah there's a quote right that it's like the only certainty in life is the fact that it's uncertain or like change is the only certainty in life or whatever that quote is by whoever said it probably someone really smart um <laughs> that's that's literally the the only certainty and you have to change and that change is hard like big changes like that are always hard mm-hmm. even if it's for the better which yeah. it usually is yeah so so yeah that's that's my path forward and i'm feeling pretty good about about it and uh just need to start doing the things that i need to do to shift into that so like you know, I had a video that had already been prepared that went up yesterday. Um, next week, there won't be a video, but I'll do a live stream. I'll probably do that on Wednesday since I work my part-time job at the museum on Tuesdays and coming home and then doing a stream. I haven't decided if I want to do that or not. So all of that stuff is in flux, but, you know. It'll work out. It'll be good. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll be really good. I mean, I'll watch it, you know. <laughs> You got one. I I got one. (laughs) And I mean, I know, like, I know a lot of, I know there's a a core group of of people who love what I do and watch my videos, you know, like Mike and Tim and Steve hanging out here. Um, 
And that's part of the reason I still want to do the hangouts, the, you know, the, the live streams, because that's a really great way for us to connect and be able to um, hang out and be able to continue to be excited about this together. So right. that's the thing that I am excited about, you know, because I, I do enjoy that um, because it's amazing. It's a wonderful thing. All right. So should we talk about the thing we want to talk, we meant to talk about? <laughs> what were we going to talk about last week anyway? I don't even remember. It was uh, like negative feedback, I think. Yeah, which kind of ended up. I mean, being, it kind you know, of worked. It was similar. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. Like, my allergies are killing me. I've gotten like very little sleep. <laughs> um, I think so. The topic for today was supposed to be how to pay yourself. Yes. Um, as a creative business or as a business owner in general, I think a lot of people, myself included, used to do this where you have two separate bank accounts. You have your personal bank account, you have your business account, but they kind of like interwine. And as money comes in, money goes out versus you actually getting a paycheck like you would from a nine to five job. And if you have your business set up as a business and you're doing your accounting and stuff, there's a couple of things that could go really wrong with doing that where you just pull money out of your business account willy nilly in a sense. Um, one of the things that um, I think legally it's called like piercing the veil. Mm -hmm. And what it means is that if you were getting audited and you had money going into both your personal account and your business account, and you're kind of spending on personal things and business things from each account, then you are piercing that veil that your LLC protects you. Um, and now it's the same thing. And so if someone sued you, they could technically start going after your personal assets because they're like, well, we can't tell what was business income and was related to the business and what was personal. So the best way to kind of avoid that is to pay yourself like an mm -hmm. employee of your business. Um, so how I have it set up, mine's super simple, um, is that every two weeks a set amount comes out of my business account and gets transferred into my personal account. And then everything, like all my bills and stuff are paid from that personal account. Um, and that way it's a paycheck that is paid to me from the business and there's no crossing of the hairs in a sense. Sure, crossing um, the streams. Yeah, and so you're just, you are literally protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. And the good thing too is that you can always, I think a lot of people look at their business account and they're like, oh, like this is all the money I have. But in reality, like taxes have to come out of that. You have to pay for products. Like that's not really your money. Your money is what goes into that personal account that you can actually use to pay for things that you want. Mm -hmm. um, so talking to an accountant is the first thing. Each state is different as far as things to set up. Um, but then if you go back to, I think the profitability episode we did at some point mm -hmm. talks about the, um, the setting up accounts. those multiple accounts yep, to have within, you know, your business side to help you manage where your tax money goes and all that. Um, but I think that just talking about the importance of paying yourself, like paying yourself a salary mm -hmm. as an expense of your business <laughs> is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, like, I don't know if you do it. Do you? Well, 
no, I don't. Um, I also don't have an LLC, though, so I'm wondering about, and I mean, obviously, neither one of us are accountants, so right. <laughs> you know, we probably can't answer that, but it sounds like that auditing issue um, is more specific to how your business structure is set up. So I, mm. I, as an example, don't have an LLC formed. I should maybe do that um, if I'm going to start shooting seniors particularly. Yeah. Um, if you're going to start dealing with people, people who could potentially sue you for things like, like someone could trip over a cord right. and sue you, you mm -hmm. want to protect your personal assets and the, just even I'm for most States, it's like $50 to set up the LLC, right. 50 to a hundred bucks, I think is your registration fee. And then it's like a $10 a year fee to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Um, but that it literally means limited liability company. Right. Right. And so it protects your personal assets from your mm -hmm. business assets. And I think at the very least, everyone should have that set up because mm -hmm. you can still be a sole proprietor right. with an LLC. Right. So. Yeah. And, and that's that's something that I haven't done. So I I have, you know, now after we had I, whether it was the profitability show or one of the other ones, I did. um change how my um, money is um, allocated isn't the right word. But basically now, like you were talking about earlier, um, I have a um, business account, which is where all income from all revenue from any business related stuff goes to. And out of that, I'm paying my business expenses. And then after those business expenses are paid, I guess I'm kind of paying myself. I mean, I, I'm using that money to pay bills or whatever. Um, but essentially once a month, when I sit down and I do all of my, my admin and overhead and accounting and bill paying and everything, um, I take the amount of money out of that account and transfer it over to personal and then do whatever bill paying and whatnot that I'm going to do with yeah. it. Yeah. So I guess in a way I am now, but that's a, a recent development. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and it's not as maybe elegant as, as how you've got it set up or maybe how it should be set up, but that's that's where I'm at right now. At as, least. I think as long as, and again, I'm not an accountant, so take right. it with a great salt. Like yeah. I think as long as you... Like, so you could transfer, you know, 50 times a day if you wanted to. But mm -hmm. as long as when those bills are paid, they're paid from the personal versus the business. So, like, for example, when I write a check for Ember's daycare, mm -hmm. I actually write that out of the business account because at the end of the year, childcare gets written off as a business expense for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I need to make sure that it comes out of my business account. Right. But if I were to pay it from my personal, like it always has to come out of my personal then. Mm -hmm. Like it can't crisscross. Yeah. So for someone who doesn't write off childcare, so like when I had a nanny and a babysitter, um, I didn't write those off because I didn't, like in order to write off, there was like a stipulation. So in order to write off a nanny or a babysitter, you have to have them as a household employee, which meant I have to pay them benefits. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that point, I always paid for my personal account because I wasn't going to write it off and I never crisscrossed. So like if I needed to transfer money from the business into the personal to be able to pay that, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. But the check had to come out of the personal okay. versus coming out of the business. Okay. 
Yeah, what I what I've also started doing is, uh, and again, this isn't because because I don't have an LLC. This isn't a an actual business card, but I have a credit card, uh, or we have a credit card. Um, but I use that card only for business expenses, and and mm. basically all of my business spending is done with the card. Um, and then when I'm paying my bills at the end of the month out of the business account onto that card is how I make that payment and pay that yep. off at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, and that's so, exactly how you should do it. Yeah. So the setup is, is simpler, but it sounds like I've got the basics of it down at least, which is yeah. good. And really the, the thing is, so like you just want to make sure that if you were to get audited, you know exactly where each one of the deposits came from right? and exactly why they went into those accounts. So like one of the things, like when I used to work in banking, people would try to deposit business checks into their personal, personal account. Accounts. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You can deposit a personal check into a business account, but not the other way around. Like you cannot sign over a business check into a personal. And the reason is, is because all income has to be accounted for according to IRS. Mm -hmm. So like my business name is Zara Ashby photography. So now if someone wrote me a check for Zara Ashby without the photography, I could put that into either account, but if it was Zara Ashby photography, it can't be, it can't go into my personal account. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you just, you just want to make sure that you know exactly where everything comes from. Right. Um, Steve just said, my accountant told me to save 25% for taxes, spent the rest, either paying myself or putting it back into the business. She said, it's worse to leave a stack of money in the account at the end of the year. If I put money into the business account in order to buy something for the business, I have to email her and let her know. She then labels it as a gift to the business to improve it. Um, so one, I would say 30% because I'm closer to 30 to 35% for taxes. I guess it kind of depends on which tax bracket you're in and um, what like your uh, state regulations are. But the safer bet is 30% across the board. I feel like that's a little bit com more common. Um, and then, yeah, so like you don't necessarily want to leave, like having a business savings account doesn't make sense. So how I used to do it when I had, so prior to moving to Tucson, I had my business set up as an S corporation. Um, and the reason it was an S corp is because for tax purposes, like at the time I was making enough that it made sense to be an S corp because with an S corp, you can pay yourself dividends, which avoids a little bit of the tax taxation on the income. And it's all something that like, your accountant can explain to you. I don't really know like all the details of it. I just know that at the time, because I was making um, over a certain amount that made more sense because I could pay it was like I could pay myself stock or I bu could buy stock in my own company. And then at the end of the year, I got paid a bonus, which was the profit sharing from the company. And that avoided some of the social security and um, some of like those minor taxes that I would have to pay if there wasn't that kind of like protection over it. So it was more expensive to do my taxes throughout the year. But in the end, it evened out that I actually saved a little bit having it be an S corp. Um, and so at that point it was, I would leave a certain amount because I knew that at the end of the year, that would be like my bonus or my profit sharing that I would get. But at the end of the year, those accounts got pretty much cleared out to try to avoid paying extra money on them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but again, that's going to be something that like your accountant, like when they look at your numbers, they'll be able to say, okay, like X, Y, and Z need to happen. You should transfer this money over here. You should do this. Um, and having an accountant is always a good idea. I honestly, like a lot of people think that they're super expensive and some CPAs can be really expensive, mm -hmm. but yeah, like for something that's like a simple, basic business startup and like mine, I don't feel like mine's very complicated. It's complicated for me, but I think overall throughout the year, and my accountant does my quarterly taxes, I think I end up paying her maybe around two grand a year mm -hmm. for everything. Um, not even that much. I feel like it was way less than that last year. It's typically anywhere from like 150 to 200 bucks a quarter for her to do my quarterly. So that's like what, a thousand bucks there. And then at the end of the year, it's typically like three to four hundred dollars, so around fifteen hundred dollars a year, and it's a write off. Like I can <laughs> right, yeah. Everything I pay her, I can write off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think getting an accountant, um, especially when you're just starting out, is a really, really, really good idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, trying to do your yeah. own taxes as a business with a Schedule C and whatnot. Like yeah, I tried it, that, I tried that one or two years and I was like, this is a nightmare. I actually have no idea what I'm doing and I don't, I don't want the IRS crawling on my ass because I just don't know what I'm doing. And the nice thing too, is then if you do have an account and you do get audited, you have someone who can help you put all of that together. They keep yeah. it, they keep records of everything they've done for you. They can explain things. If the IRS is asking for specific documents, they can actually help you mm -hmm. with, um, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Davey, yes, you can you can write off your accountant because oh, that yeah. is a business expense. Yeah. Um, just like you can write off an attorney, um, just like you can write off any other person you hire to help you with your business. Like that is that is a business expense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, I have her do my personal taxes too, and those get written off because she does everything in one. Mm -hmm. So it's all part of the same cost. Yeah, yeah, you gotta write off that. Uh, you gotta write off that accountant. <laughs> yeah, please do. I hope you're being sarcastic because if you're not, we're gonna have a conversation about this. <laughs> no kidding. The uh, one thing I didn't know that you could write off was childcare. Mm -hmm. um, like it's to me that was a little crazy, but it if you're I mean, taking them to a daycare, yeah, it is an expense. And the the way they just changed taxes, because it used to be, you know, everyone would say, like, have a kid, like, they're a tax write-off. Right. Um, so the first year my daughter was born, so 2017, she actually was a decent write-off. Mm -hmm. Last year, she was not. Taxes <laughs> changed, um, the brackets changed, mm. and it was like, uh, we had to, so like, there, there's a set amount that could be written off but then it was like oh you have to spend you know x amount of dollars on like her pediatrician and this and that and like unless you hit this amount you couldn't write it off. and i was like what? same thing with your house like mm -hmm. so in colorado i don't know if it's across the state but last year so unless i've paid over twenty four thousand dollars in interest on my house on my mortgage i can't write it off mm. and so i think my interest payment on my mortgage is right around $2,000 a month. 
So I don't like it's under it. So I don't know if like I'm actually going to be able to write off <laughs> my mortgage interest, which yeah. was something that you could always do. That was part right. of the benefits of owning a home is that, right. okay, like, at the end of the year, I get to write off this chunk. And now I'm like, yeah, so now I they've changed that. $24,000 and I can't write it off. That sucks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks a lot. Um, Steve said, because I'm not really making a bunch of money yet, she does my personal and business taxes together and said, until I start making a decent amount, then it will be separated. And uh, they guarantee and do the audit stuff, um, have power of attorney. And he says, I paid her $485 for it all last year. She also still handles all of her his dad's estate stuff. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like you have a good setup. And he also added that they handle multi-million dollar companies on the regular um, and even bigger corporations as their bread and butter clients. So they definitely know what they're doing, which is good. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Find someone who actually knows what yep. they're doing. Um, most of them, I feel like, do. My accountant does... Um, she actually works for the IRS. Like she's a contractor mm. for the IRS. So like I trust her 100%. She's definitely very like no nonsense, um, you know, cut and dry personality, but right. it works. Um, she's great. She's super fast. And she always like calls me out on my crap. And mm -hmm. if I don't have and stuff i like i am actually like terrified to go to my accountant sometimes because i'm like oh no like what did i forget this time what am i gonna get yelled at but it really keeps me in line to make sure that but if something happens like i'm covered mm -hmm. and for the most part i feel like you know as small business owners most people are pretty safe like especially if you are doing everything by the books you're not like buying you know fancy lamborghinis and stuff um for the most part, and like in the state of Colorado or anywhere where like marijuana is um, legalized, like they have bigger fish to fry. But at yeah. the same time, having that peace of mind that you are doing everything by the books and you are doing things right mm -hmm. is worth every penny to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than a government organization crawling up your butt and tearing your life apart. Like that's just no fun at all. Right. <laughs> Mike's got the hookup. Mike married an accountant. <laughs> uh, my mom's an accountant, and mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't do my accounting, but she does do my books. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's, she works in healthcare, so it's a little different. Mm, sure. The kind of accounting they do, she deals with big corporations, and then they're a bunch of like nonprofits and things like that that they deal with. So she was like, here, you know, go to this person. Mm -hmm. They know small businesses. They like, they'll, she does all of my day to day, like profit and losses and stuff. Like she can pull all of those statements for me. Right, right. When I, when I need it, which is funny because my mom used to give me so much crap about like getting a real adult job and like, she's the one who does my books. So she like actually knew how much I was making. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's like, and, and like the getting a real adult job had nothing to do with like the amount of money. Like her thing was, well, I want you to have stability because mm -hmm. we all know how stable this is. Yeah, that's that's the de yeah, <laughs> that's the downside is it's very unstable. It can be very very unstable. Yeah. Uh, Steve says it's just so nice to hand over everything, and in about two weeks I get a report and then mail, sign, and send it back. Simple stuff. She also loves my spreadsheets. She said nobody ever has the amount of info I do. 
My accountant loves my spreadsheets too. She's routinely remarked on the fact that nobody else ever gives her um, as good of uh, as good of information as I do, which that's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. I um, want to see those spreadsheets. I'm terrible at creating like coherent, pretty spreadsheets. Like I, mean, I want to. I, I can, start. <laughs> I can bring it up if you want to see it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, so uh, you're gonna get a peek at some of my numbers here, people. For whatever well, that's going to be worth. If, like you're comfortable sharing that. Oh, that's not even the right year. Yeah, let me take a quick look here. I mean, basically, it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's kind of ugly. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's the attitude. Yeah, you know. We said we're going to be real. Okay, so here's my my register basically, which is just where I input all of the raw data, which is all of my all of my income and all of my expenses. So mm -hmm. this is a giant list of just everything the business spends and everything. You know, this is in and out all together, right? Um, and I do and I do I update this at the end of every month when I do my admin. I do it once okay. a month. I pay bills once a month. All of it, I just do it once a month. All right, so you can see my net for the year is $10,800, which is gross. Gross in a bad way, not gross as in gross income. Right. <laughs> um, and then I have this monthly income report that actually breaks down um, where the income streams are coming from, how much those uh, income streams are, what my expenses are, transactions fees, you know, utilities from the house, my telephone, other expenses. Mm -hmm. um, and then totaling everything up and doing an adjusted expense total based on taxes so I can figure out like what is my monthly net income. Um, and then I have like this quarterly breakdown because I just figure I've been figuring out my quarterly taxes on my own. Yeah. Um, I might start going to the accountant for it because I think I've been overpaying, which is fine because I'll get the money back, but I'd rather right. keep that money and have it to use rather than give the government an interest-free loan. Right. right. So this is what my spreadsheet looks like. Awesome. I feel like you should make this into like a a thing that you can uh, you can sell. Because <laughs> I mean, hell, I I would buy it. Like, I mean, <laughs> instead of because like for me, I need something like this that I can see. So I do every, all of my stuff. It's it's a mess. Yeah. But I do it all in my studio management program. Um. And technically, if I set everything up in there, like it should be all pretty and give me final numbers. And then my mom does my bookkeeping. And that's like what my mom gives me is what I take to my accountant, mm -hmm. um, along with the receipts that I actually remember to, you know, mm -hmm. take over there. Um, and so I, uh, I, for the most part, my system works, but I would love to be able to like have something like that, that I can actually see my numbers. Um, I mean, at the... you, I can give you the spreadsheet if you want it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that's All what right. I'm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, for. yeah, you can have it, Zara. <laughs> Me too. Uh, um, um, Davy, Dave, QuickBooks might be easier. Um, I didn't find it easier personally. Okay. My mom keeps bitching at me for not using QuickBooks because it is easier for her because she's used to it. Sure. Um, I just couldn't get it to work right for me, but I'm also not like I'm not a numbers person. I hate. I hate having to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, yeah, I just have my mom do it and she pulls everything from Tave and then creates her own that she hands over mm -hmm. or that she gives to me to hand over. Okay. So I guess Melissa wants the spreadsheet too. 
do you guys want do you guys want the spreadsheet? Um, like I just made I just made it for myself, but if you if you guys think it would be useful, I think like, it'd be really useful. I mean, obviously, you know, I'll have to clear my numbers out and whatever, but right, um, and give you guys the blank. I could make an Excel. The only the only thing I'm a tiny bit worried about is it's in numbers. I think in exporting it, it should preserve the formulas for Excel, but I'm not 100% sure about that because I'm not a spreadsheet like magician or anything. Can um, we make one in like a Google spreadsheet? Yeah, we probably could make it in a Google spreadsheet that people could download. Do you guys want it? Let me know in the let us know in the chat if you want it. If you do, I'll see how easy it is to convert it over to a Google Sheet and and you know put it in there for everybody. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. Um, Jennifer asked if I work both in Colorado and Arizona. Um, not anymore. So for a while when I was actually living, when I was a resident in Arizona, um, I was doing both because I still had my clients here. Mm -hmm. But I've been back now for all five years, <laughs> four four years ish, four to five years. Um, so pretty much if I if I travel out of state to do anything, um, I pretty much don't tax those things. So like if I have a wedding out out of state or whatever. Um, those things don't get taxed because, or they don't get the Colorado sales tax is what they don't, but I still mm -hmm. pay income tax on it, obviously. Um, but that's the only difference. Everything is done from Colorado now. So mm -hmm. even though I travel and all that, um, it's just a matter of like where I can charge sales tax or where I need to charge sales tax and where I don't need to charge sales tax is the right. only difference. Right. Um, but everything is based out of Colorado now. Yeah. Uh, Melissa says, love numbers. My wife, I can't see. It might take a while to get the spreadsheet up for others since you have a shit ton of stuff to do. Yes, this is very true. I have, <laughs> with everything that I'm changing up or whatever, it might take a bit. But um, it's something I can try to do if anybody wants it. So we'll see. Um, well, Alyssa said great, that. Those. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was, yeah, Melissa said, I think it would be great, especially for those who are starting out. Yeah, if it's an easy thing to do, then I can probably do it, you know, like today if it would only take me like five minutes. But if it's going to take more than that, then it might be a bit. Um, so I'll look into it. I'll definitely look into it. I'm gonna It'll be a project a yeah, to do gonna, to put on the to do list. <laughs> yeah, ex that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. I'm just going to put it in my inbox, my to do inbox. Uh, look at spreadsheet. Okay, there, it's in my inbox for my to-dos. Okay. Um, Steve says, I have mine calculate spend, spend and income, and then it gives me a bank account balance and a profit amount so um, I can see if I'm negative or positive. Uh, yeah, that's a little deeper than mine goes. Mine's just literally looking at the in and out of the business um, and then what that net is at the end of the month as far as like where, where it actually stands. Um, you know, I am I making more, am I making, or am I spending more than I'm making? Ah, Tim, yeah, Tim helped me actually put the spreadsheet together in the first place. So Tim said, if you're stuck all... on formulas, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I think I disconnected. So you go ahead. Oh, you okay. Keep. I was just saying, Tim said, if you get stuck on formulas when working on the Google Sheet, let me know. I might be able to help. Uh, he helped me get that spreadsheet running because I had a couple of formulas that I just could not figure out that he helped me figure out. So that might make it easier too. <clears throat> Nice. All right. Um, what I was saying is that it's also nice to know, like I have one that's like a 
our bills for the house, like just personal stuff. Yeah. And it's really nice to know those numbers. And like that one I've made like, God, it was, I don't know, 15 years ago when I first started working, mm-hmm. um, maybe longer than that. My dad helped me. And pretty much all it is, is like, it has what bill it is, what's coming out, like what the cost is, and then what the balance in my bank account should be. So like the in and out, there's two columns for that, what it was, the date. And so monthly I go through and I can see like what my bank account should look like. And then I, you know, uh, what is it? Reconcile it with my bank account to make sure that that's the money that's in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been really helpful in keeping like my personal household stuff going. And so having something like that for your business, I think is really important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, um, I have a similar personal spreadsheet where Again, it's a register with all my information. Then I have a secondary tab or secondary sheet that has all of the monthly expenses, all of our regular recurring mm. bills, you know, that I input every month so that I know how much we're spending on those bills each month and everything. Yeah. Um, Alyssa's suggestion is to save yourself the headache and pay someone to do your taxes. Her husband is an accountant, so he does that for her. Yeah, 100%. For her, which is true. Like a lot of people, especially creatives, like I'm not a numbers person and you can like get yourself into a giant hole if you don't know your numbers because in order to run a profitable business, you have to know your numbers. And so having someone who's a professional at that, who's that's what they do, can really help help keep you on track. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm not doing my own taxes. I I use that spreadsheet to just Mm -hmm. basically manage the finances of the business um, on a month to month basis. But I'm, I'm I'm 100% on board with that. Definitely have an accountant do your stuff for you, unless you are married to one. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're still having an accountant do it. And then you're still having an accountant do it. Exactly. Um, Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. We're I was going to say, three. Steve asked yep. yeah, the same one, the sales tax question. Yeah. So do you add that to any client cost or just built into? So um, tax, sales tax is always additional. Um, there is in the state of Colorado, Arizona was the same. Um, so check again with your accountant. So there is no sales tax on service. So if it is something that is a service, there's no sales tax. But it used to be that if you were giving a physical item, like I am handing you an album, I'm handing you a print, I'm handing you a CD, um, that you have to charge sales tax. So at one point there was a gap where if it was a digital product and because you weren't physically handing them something, you didn't have to charge sales tax on that because it was considered service. Some states have changed that. So for some states, if you are selling a digital product, whether it's a workbook, an ebook, digital files, digital artwork, you have to now charge sales tax on it. It is state by state, so check with your accountant to see. Um, How I do mine and how my accountant has told me is if the sale is made in my studio, then I charge sales tax. If the sale is made over the internet, then it is considered out of area and there, I don't have to charge sales tax even on a physical product. So if a client from Arizona wants to buy an album, they don't get charged sales tax because that album doesn't stay within Colorado. Mm-hmm. But if the sale is made 
in my studio in Parker at a physical location, not over the internet, right. then I have to charge sales tax on physical products. Um, I go across and I do charge sales tax on my digital products because I give them a USB mm, so of their images. So they are physically thing. getting something right, right. in their hand mm-hmm. um, just to keep it across. So like the way I do it is if it was a sale that was made in person, in my studio, on location, then there's a sales tax attached to it. As long as it's not certain. So like if they just paid for their session, of course, there's no sales tax. But if they're buying anything else, there's sales tax as long as it was done in person. Mm-hmm. If it was done over the internet or whatever, then there's no sales tax on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to actually start looking at that because my accountant mentioned the digital product and the, and the state by state sales tax. And I don't even know how, like, I don't even know how I'm going to deal with that. Like, I literally have no idea. I have to talk to my, look at my payment processing and see if there's a way to implement that because, um, and then to have to pay like a state by state, state sales tax, like I have no idea yet. So that's something that, um, she said, one of the things that is, um, you have to realize is that there's a a threshold um, you typically have to meet um, before you have to pay the sales tax. And she says it varies from state to state. So this is something that um, I haven't actually looked into yet. We just talked about it at the last accounting meeting. And as of right now, I'm not selling enough that to, I'm sure I'm not selling enough to make it matter. but if it if it, if I were to start selling a lot more stuff, I might have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all of this stuff is is super annoying. I would love it if there was just like a flat sales tax on everything, and there was no other kind of taxes that we had to deal with. I know that would put all the accountants out of business, which is a horrible thing. <laughs> but my God, would that make um, you know life easier if we just paid sales right. tax? and didn't have any other kind of taxes and that was it. That would be so much nicer. It's so confusing. It honestly oh is. Oh my God, and, yeah. And I like literally thank God that someone knows how to do it. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Because <laughs> I don't, I really don't. Like, mm-hmm. I, know what I, I know what my strengths are. I think that applies to everything when you are running a business. Like know what your strengths are and focus on not those and whatever your strengths aren't, then you need to hire people to do it because in the, in the long run, it's going to save you time and money and time is money. So really it's saving you money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So Melissa says we have a five grand hobbyist. And then after that, they must, they, they have to file a claim. So like that's a threshold yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's pretty, I think that might be a national one too. The five mm-hmm. grand. I yeah. think that on your income taxes annually, like, yeah, anything, because you can write off as long as your income was under five or six grand. Okay. And then um, after that, you are no longer considered a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I also, at some point, I don't know how true this is. I should probably ask my accountant. Um, but I had heard that within the first five years of your business, if you don't show that you've made an income um, at least two out of the five years, then you get like you are back to being a hobbyist there's i feel like there was some kind of a stipulation like that um when i first started out an account or a friend had said something Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, I don't like I show a profit or you have to show a profit, not income. You have to show profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I show a profit every year. So right. it is what it is. It sucks sometimes, but yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's to avoid the people who like try to write off everything and show a loss every year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not 100% sure. So that's something to check into. I mean, there has to be a way because you have, you know, those businesses like Amazon that pay zero sales tax or pay zero taxes because they somehow manage to, you know, make no money or whatever it is that happens, happens. So, you know, there's all kinds of fucking tax shenanigans going on out there that those giant corporations are using and abusing. Right. And then we get we get stuck with the consequences. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Davy Dave, Davy Dave said in Minnesota, the internet transaction still gets taxed when into effect when Amazon started charging sales tax nationwide. Yeah. One of the things that I'm also, um, generally aware of is that, um, people, at least in Wisconsin, people are supposed to self-report, um, internet purchases and pay sales tax on them. Right. So like, uh, Amazon is charging sales tax now nationwide, right? But mm-hmm. whatever, if I go to, you know, Davy Dave's website and I buy um, whatever Davy Dave is selling on his website in Minnesota, I'm at the end of the year, I'm supposed to on my, nobody, like literally nobody does this. You know, my accountant even told me this, nobody does this, but technically what I'm supposed to do at the end of the year is say, I spent $50 on Davy Dave Minnesota's um product that I purchased. And as a resident of Wisconsin, I need to pay the 5.5% sales tax to the state for that. Um, right. But yeah, like literally nobody does that. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's funny because I'm like, how, like you're supposed to keep track of every like $10 you spend. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's which, which may be why this burden shift that my accountant was talking about is going on to the businesses to say, you have to now report sales tax in all 50 states, which mm-hmm. is he, which is ridiculous when you think about it, right? Like I got to keep track of 50 states worth of sales right. and pay sales tax in all 50 of those states. Like, does that mean I have to actually register a business license with them or something like, you know, that's stupid. Yeah. I'm not really sure on that. <laughs> yeah. David Dave's selling widgets and yeah, it's, it's sales and use is lumped together in, um, at least it is in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that may be the use tax that I'm thinking of, uh, rather than the sales tax. Um, yeah. Steve says, I wonder how Adorama still does no sales tax. I uh, thought they had to implement that. And he says B and H does now. Um, I'm not so sure. So a lot of times too, they might not be, you know, they might not be charging sales tax, but they're probably still paying it. That's a possibility. So they're probably just taking a loss in a sense on it. Mm-hmm. Um, purely to like keep up with the, oh, we don't charge sales tax because that drives a lot of traffic to them. Yeah. In a similar way to a company that may charge you $5 more for a product, but then offer free shipping. Right. Exactly. You know, Cause then you're, you're just, you just pay the single price and they're just absorbing that and building whatever amount of that into the price that they're selling. You know, I know, I know sometimes in Wisconsin companies will do sales where they're like, we pay your sales tax. So you make a purchase and you, and you don't pay the sales tax and they pay it for you as, as like the discount or the promotion. Yeah. So So. everyone, I mean, even, you know, when I talk about pricing, right. I mean, I highly suggest that you kind of built in a 
window or like a margin where you can still give people discounts and make mm-hmm. it look like you know you're doing them a favor in a sense or like giving them something extra but it doesn't cut into your actual profits right right so it's i think that's exactly what they're doing is making Mm -hmm. sure that it just doesn't cut into their profits yeah all right so we started out with how to pay yourself and we ended up on taxes right (laughs) which is a topic that neither one of us is really (laughs) yeah like we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination (laughs) so uh David, hey, David, how you doing, bud? Uh, good to see you. David says, uh, B&H is supposed to implement a credit card that gives you back your sales tax because um, they're nice enough to do that for their loyal customers. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and then Davey Dave says, Adorama is going to have to start charging tax. They have a program that will reward you with the amount you pay on taxes. So kind of like what B&H is doing. Basically. Right. Yeah. And Steve says, I order from them just because of the no sales tax and the points you earn from buying from them. Yeah, I should probably look at, because, like, I buy most of my stuff off Amazon. um, But I'm kind of a slave to their super fast two-day shipping now. (laughs) Sometimes one-day shipping. Um, So, like, Amazon is where I buy almost all of my stuff. Unless I can't get it off of Amazon, then I'll go to, you know, Adoram or wherever it is. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely an Amazon, Amazon junkie. Yeah. Sometimes I swear I like keep them afloat. <laughs> Just purely all by, by yourself. myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we got about ten minutes left. I suppose now is as good a time as any to say, "Hey, we have merch." Oh yeah. And if you'd like to support what we're doing here. Um, you can visit this merch store, which you can do at shp.photo slash bizmerch. I'll go ahead and I'll put that link into the chat, shp.photo slash bizmerch. You can go there. You can check out the merch. We got cool T-shirts and things and stuff, and that would help make my income and Zara's income, mine in particular, look not quite so pathetic. Um, If you, if you don't want to buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or a mug or anything else, you can let people know about this Facebook group. You can tell them about the show um, and uh, invite them to the group and tell them about the cool things that we do. And yeah, we the, so there's also a podcast that we do um, because I've been sort of a blubbering mess. The podcast is a little bit behind, so I have to get that up to date. But yes, there is a podcast. You can check that out at the link my wife just shared in the comments as well. Uh, and I thought, Zara, um, if you wanted to, maybe this, I'm kind of springing this on you, but I thought maybe we'd take a minute or two here to ask people uh, ask the folks that are hanging out here with us what what kind of topics they'd like to see us cover in upcoming yeah. shows. We have we have stuff scheduled out, I think, through the end of the year. But we also, I also think it's always worth taking a minute or two every once in a while to see if what we're talking about is stuff that you want to hear about um, and if it's helpful to you. So if you guys have stuff that you are interested in having us talk about, please let us know in the chat, and that's stuff yeah. that we'll take under. Uh, advisement for topic planning for the show. Yeah, I think, you know, if you guys are struggling with anything or if there was a topic that we touched on but didn't, you know, really go into too much um, Mm -hmm. that you'd like to see come back or you have specific questions on it, um, definitely let us know. And 
that'll help make this a little bit more beneficial, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To you guys mm -hmm. um, and more helpful. So we can even try to figure out the tax stuff, but it's going to be so different oh, in every state. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that would be a disaster. Like, you know, one of the things that, um, again, if, if this would even be something that you'd want to watch is, uh, or, or if it would be useful, would be um, like a show where we just run down like how to set up and use that spreadsheet as an example, right? Like, right. you know, um, helping you set up just keeping track of your sort of day-to-day -day or month-to-month -month, um, business accounting, um, you know. And that's just something that popped into my head when I brought up the spreadsheet to show you guys, and it seemed like there was some interest in that, right. you know. So whatever you guys think, you know, if you if you like the path that we're on, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. But this is a chance for you to say, uh, to tell us what you want to hear from us. Yep. So let us know whether in the chat or, um, you know, just leave a message or a comment or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can do a poll and people can. Yeah, we can do that. Can put topics in there. Uh, Steve says style and how to follow on it. I kind of have a hard time putting mine out there that people want. Um, you both know I like vibrant, fill the frame, shallow depth field shots. I like the straight uh, to the point. What's the focus of the image? Um, so yeah, I mean, that would be like developing your style. Yeah, and I have a really quick answer mm -hmm. for you on that one, and we can do a show on it, but stop looking at trends mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter what anyone else is shooting because you don't want to compete on price and if you're going to make your work look like everyone else's work no one is going to book you for you they're going to book you for your price yeah yeah and you're looking at the thing that you do <laughs> right right that's very true so if you like vibrant you know shallow depth of field more moody stuff then shoot it that way right if you like you know airy and romantic shoot it that way mm -hmm. um like if you are trying to follow the current trends one you're gonna get really sick of it <laughs> and two it's gonna go out of style and then you have to like reinvent yourself um but if you shoot the way you like that's when you truly establish what your, your brand voice. is and then people book you for that versus booking you for a price and like competing on price is just a terrible downward spiral mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so. yeah that's not the place you want to be <laughs> my, my wife wants a group spell to put a hex on instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were talking about that bizarre and i were just chatting briefly about it before the show were we no i think it was probably you and kim oh it was <laughs> kim and i i thought i was telling you about it too yeah basically instagram is pain in the ass <laughs> okay yeah um, all social media is and like keeping up with those algorithms like oh god that's it, yeah. that's a job in itself yeah, and and I'm kind of over it. Like I, you know, this is this is residual from my breakdown, whatever we want to call it, from last week. But like I'm so over trying to please a platform to try to reach people who, right? You know, at least to some degree, have indicated that they're interested in the stuff that I make. You know, but then um, you have to do all of these jump through all these hoops, you know, hashtags or thumbnails right. on YouTube and whatever the other bullshit is. Um, 
I think that's where the whole um, having an email list and having a blog that like you own that content, you own the people that are there, you you technically own your algorithm in a sense. It comes in helpful. Yeah, exactly. So, which goes back to why you know the the show we did on that why it's important to have your own website. Yeah. Um, Alyssa says, how do you respond to inquiries and get them hooked into the initial email or interaction? If you don't get responses, do you follow up? Do you offer an add-on to get them to book or is that a waste of time because they're not digging your value? That's a really good topic idea. That's a really good topic idea, like basically getting the client. What do you think about that? Right. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. I feel like Alyssa had also sent me a bunch of topic ideas a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can probably dig into. Okay. She's really good about stuff like that. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm saving this as a topic idea for us. Thank you very much, Alyssa. Um, as well as, um, I think the, the, the developing your style, that might be a good topic as well. I'll just mm-hmm. that. All right. Hey, can someone tell me why I can't add additional Instagram accounts to my Instagram on an Apple phone? You can. You can. It's just stupid annoying. It literally, like, says, okay, you're signed in, and then doesn't have them in there. I It took me, like, stupid forever to figure this out. Hold on. I think I can show you in here, but I'm not 100% sure. Oh, you can show me later. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. Kim just posted my business Instagram account and I realized that like I haven't been uh-huh. on there in months. Forever. I think what you what you need to do is you go to your profile and then and then tap yeah. your name up at the top here and then add account. Is that what you've been doing? Yep. And, and so like I put in my information and say log in and it's like, okay, cool. And it doesn't uh, add it. So like okay. it logs in but doesn't add it into Got it. So then Instagram is just fucking with you, just like it was fucking with Kim and fucking with everybody else yeah after my ads and that stuff i have had a bunch of inquiries but only one booking steve says it's frustrating but i guess i'll keep at it yeah that that can be that can be frustrating and i think i mean is you know ads aren't bad um but i think i think that's one of the reasons why i prefer organic content um Obviously, it's a lot more work, which is what I've been doing for the last eight years and with, mm-hmm. you know, some degree of success. But um, if it's something that, you know, that you create, that is something that the potential client is going to be interested in. So they they want to see the thing that you have created, whether it's a picture, whether it's a blog post giving advice, you know, whatever it is, you know, and then maybe make an ad out of that. And that mm-hmm. brings them to your website, right? So that's a more roundabout yeah. way of doing it. But then you're also sort of playing the long game versus like, here's an ad, I'm a photographer, book me. Right. Um, because then you basically are trying to capture the person who immediately at that very moment in time is Eat trying, yeah, is, it needs your services trying to book. And that's not impossible, very clearly. Um, but if you establish that sort of relationship and authority with them prior with your content, again, whatever that content happens to be, then when they need you, they will hopefully think of you and come to you. So the best rule of marketing 
in history, I would say, I would go as far as to say it's like the oldest trick in the book is building trust, building relationships. People do business with people they like and trust. Trust builds relationships. Using ads to help create trust is going to pay. It's going to be the long game. So it's Mm going to pay out better in the long run versus having someone book. And so, yeah, creating that free content, uh, educating, you know, giving people things that they need. Uh, Like one of the oldest tricks, and I feel like with social media, with photography, wedding photography is creating like a wedding guide for your brides that they can download or a wedding planner that they can download and use. And then you are giving them something useful they are now going to come to you because you are the trusted advisor. And at some point when they need to book a service, they will come back to you. So continuously being in front of your customers and helping them educate and giving them resources for the issues they have won't lead to sales then and there, but it is going to lead to a sale long-term because you are becoming that trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. So my my approach to like Facebook ads has changed. Like I use Facebook ads when I have freebies or when I have some kind of a lead magnet and then I get, so like to me getting that email is worth more money than getting the booking. Right. Because once I have that email, I am going to be able to, you know, two years, five years, 10 years down the road, be able to sell to them versus selling to them now. Selling to them now is great, but at the same time, sometimes it's just not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. And Steve so. said the ad so far, he's spent 475 and he's booked an 800 session, so it cuts into the margin pretty quick. Yeah, that's very, yeah. very true. And um, yeah, that, you know, that's um, advertising is really hard because, especially on something like Facebook, you basically have to spend a whole bunch of money experimenting and, and, and messing around to figure out what works. But then the minute you figure out what works, the landscape shifts and you got to start over again. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, it, it's, it's different because um, it's not exactly the same business, but I know people who are doing what I do, which is selling, you know, digital products, educational courses or whatever, who, um, are spending tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, a month on Facebook ads uh, to generate their leads. And, you know, they're making money on that, but their margins are thin um, because the ad spend is so high and the return on the, on the ad spend is, is so tight. You know, it's, it's, it's always a sort of a, 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 scramble to stay one step ahead of the ad spend. Steve says, that's why I want to try videos, one being fun, and it might drive business without the money. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah, I can make videos. I can help you with that as, you know, I'll, I'm happy to help you with that as much as I can, Steve, um, for whatever my <laughs> advice Hey, there's worth. there's your new course, how to create YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I feel how like about you create a video on how to create YouTube videos. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I mean, I, I dabbled with that a little bit a few years back on my channel. And I found that people weren't super interested. I mean, maybe now because mm-hmm. the landscape's changed a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. I have a path. I'm going to follow that for now and see what happens with it. Um, yeah. See where the yellow brick road takes you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully it doesn't take me into a face plant, but Either way, it's yeah, probably time to wrap up. this up. What's that? 
And then you get up if you yeah. face plant, you know. Yeah, like uh, that's life. That's life, exactly. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Anything you want to add before we wrap it up, Zara? Nope. Just send us topics that you guys are interested in, and yep. we'll try to get back to a more regularly scheduled program. But life happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you get to see us like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye.